tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Tuesday, February 2nd edition of ATS Radio. I'm your host, Adam Burke. I'll be joined today by Brian Blessing, the host of Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Hotline. We got a lot to get to here in a shorter amount of time than usual. Brian with a prior commitment here, so we're going to try and cram a lot into the next 40 to 45 minutes on the show. That includes some prop bets for Super Bowl 55. That includes a look around the NHL where COVID starting to wreak havoc a little bit more with some divisions that aren't the Central Division, which, of course, we saw with a lot of COVID issues earlier on. And then two golf tournaments this week, the Saudi Invitational over on the European Tour side, a very, very good field over there. Now, one of my favorite tournaments of the year, the Waste Management Phoenix Open at TPC Scottsdale. We'll hit on both of those, time permitting here, on today's show. Over at ATS.io, I'm starting to work on some prop stuff to put up in article form over there at the website. Updated the Sharp Money Odds Report, the market watch for the Super Bowl, based on what we saw in the market yesterday. Not a whole lot of movement, but still gave you an update on the game. My NBA and NHL situational betting articles available for you to check out as well. And like I said, that prop stuff coming here later in the week. My MLB betting guide coming in about four and a half weeks time or so. So very, very busy here, three and a half weeks time, I guess. Very busy to say the least with myself and of course over at ATS.io. Lastly, make sure you download the ATS app. That will be a very helpful resource for you here for the Super Bowl and everything else that's going on. It's a bet tracker. It's an odd screen, full article integration from the website. You can download that in either the Google Play Store or the Apple Store might be easier if you search against the spread as opposed to ATS when seeking out that app. With that, we bring on today's guest. That is Brian Blessing, the host of Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Hotline. And Brian, how's it going today, man? It is going, Adam. We're getting closer. Let's play this doggone thing. Absolutely. It's been a week and a half. It feels like about three and a half weeks here talking about the Super Bowl. And I know we'll go ahead and start with this, that you know, you've got your uh, sportsbook radio show that is on Sports Grid, Sirius XM 204, and that's why you're going to take off early here. You're doing a lot of stuff for them this week. Uh, what can people look forward to here with all of your content? Well, uh, generally speaking, it's always a circus act, and, and now we run the Sports Grid Network on Sirius Channel 204, so we'll be doing several hits with, with them throughout the course of the week. Leading up to Thursday and Friday, our annual Super Bowl props uh, shows our remotes that we do over at the Superbook at the Westgate with Jay Cornegay and Jeff Sherman and the gang over there. Oscar Goodman comes by, Bruce Marshall, Andy Isco. We get a lot of guys come in and we really dissect the props. And you know the props are a monster. And, and kudos to Jay Cornegay, really one of the guys. Um, you know we didn't know this thing started with the the prop with the fridge in the Super Bowl, but now we're talking over 400 props. And Jay Cornegay's been really at the forefront of. Uh, the props for so many years and it's just an incredible venue over there and we do our shows Oscar comes with the show girls and all the TV stations come and he goes and makes a Super Bowl bet it's it's fun it's a crazy it's a crazy couple of weeks it's a lot of fun 
and really excited the minute the game is over because to a degree I get my life back. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a nice thing. You know, don't get me wrong. Obviously, we love football. You have to love football if you're in this business. But it is kind of nice after football to focus on things like the NHL, like golf, the NBA, if you're into that. For me, of course, Major League Baseball comes to the forefront. But then we're not that far away from college basketball conference tournaments. You know, we'll be about six weeks away from March Madness, the, uh, you know, altered and realigned March Madness timeline that we've got here for this year. So, you know, it's not like things stop, but you know, at least the Super Bowl winds up being in the rearview mirror after that point in time. And Brian, let's go ahead and talk about Super Bowl 55 here. And, you know, we talked a week ago on this very show and the line was Kansas City minus three with extra juice. The total was 56 or 56 and a half. None of that has really changed here as we talk now, uh, what, five days in advance of the game. Well, the one thing that's remained a constant, it's three minus 20, which means it's you know, and if not a whisker, it's trending towards, if anything, going through three. And I would envision when we get closer to the weekend, uh, the bets will really start to ratchet up. And people do remember what they last saw. And what they last saw was Kansas City with the dominant performance. Hey, don't take anything from Tampa Bay winning against Green Bay. They found a way, and Green Bay, I think, helped them in many respects in that game. But I've got to believe it gets to three and a half for sure. You know, if it disappears and it goes back and forth, it would not shock me, honestly. Maybe this is crazy, but I could even see it. Maybe if there's a big push and some sincere steam that maybe for a blink of an eye, four appears and goes away, that I think three and a half could ultimately be the closing number. Yeah, I also think this closes three and a half. The one thing that gives me a little bit of pause is that, Tampa Bay's taking money really in every playoff game here so far, very late in the process. And they also took a lot of money close to game day over those last few weeks following their buy. So Tampa Bay has gotten a lot of game day or day before the game kind of steam. I don't know if it happens here in this spot. And I I talked on last week's show quite a bit, and I'm not going to belabor the point this week. I think Kansas City wins. I think Kansas City wins comfortably. Already took a minus three, minus 15 last week. Not really going to do a whole lot more with that. More focused on the props here at this point in time. But that would be the only thing that would give me some pause in thinking it closes three and a half. Is simply that Tampa Bay is taking that game day money late. But in a game like this, where you've got a lot more, a much higher influx of public money there, if there is late sharp money on Tampa Bay, it may simply serve as a vessel to sort of balance the counts out a little bit. Not something that would cause a movement in the line. So, We'll see what happens here, but I, I do agree with you that I think three and a half will come back here uh, at some point prior to kickoff, and I wouldn't be shocked if the game also closes there. No, and, and you're spot on. I mean, the, the early early on there was money for Tampa Bay against Green Bay, and if anything, it, it, it even kept trending that way closer to kickoff. Brady's just that creature, right, that um, he's very polarizing and, and generates all kinds of interest and sharp money. See, one of the things I I kind of expect here in this game is that we'll go to three and a half, but the money line on Tampa Bay won't go up a whole lot because, you know, what you oftentimes get in the Super Bowl is that people take the favorite on the spread and they'll take the under or their, or they will take the dog on the money line. Just saying, you know what, I'm going to bet a win, bet a little to win a lot on that underdog money line. So that's maybe what we end up seeing here is that we do see it go to three and a half. 
maybe some of the more influential money does take Tampa Bay plus three and a half on the spread, but a lot of people are going to look at three and a half and just be like, okay, well now I get Tampa Bay at, you know, plus 170 or plus 175 or something like that. I'm just going to go ahead and do that instead. So maybe that's kind of the way that this whole thing sets up. It's listen, man, it's a marquee matchup. These two quarterbacks are so polarizing and it it sits on a key number Uh, for the books. It's kind of a, you know, it's a dream matchup. All right. So let's take a look at the prop stuff here. And, and, you know, what I'm doing throughout the week is I'm giving out two or three props on each show of my own and then asking my guests to contribute two or three props of their own here to the show as we kind of put together a little bit of a prop betting catalog uh, for Super Bowl 55. My two picks yesterday were Darrell Williams over 45 and a half rushing plus receiving yards. That was minus 105 at the time at BetMGM. My other one was Levante David over seven and a half tackles for Tampa Bay. That was plus 110 at points bet. So those are the two props that I had on yesterday's show. Yesterday's guest, Kyle Hunter from huntersportspicks.com had Ronald Jones over 34 and a half rushing yards. Cameron Brait under 27 and a half receiving yards and then under 10 and a half penalties in the game. So those were the five prop bets from yesterday. So Brian, the floor is yours here, sir. What would be one of the prop bets that you're either taking or looking at here that you would suggest to our listeners? Well, I was very happy to hear your first prop, uh, the Williams rushing. I'm taking the Chiefs total rushing yards as a team over 78 and a half uh you get williams edwards hilaire mahomes and you know that hill will get at least a carry maybe two they may even throw one at hardman and hardman had a 51 yard run last week against the Bills. so i'm i'm just to play on top of what you said i'm getting those that army of guys to go over 78 and a half yards rushing in the Super Bowl last year, the Chiefs had 129 yards rushing. And against the Bills, they had 114 yards rushing. And the weather, we're hearing a mixed bag on the weather that rain could be maybe part of the equation. Uh, and and we're, we're getting mixed reports on just how windy it'll be. But I wouldn't say they achieved balance in the Super Bowl last year. It was 42 passes and 29 rushes. But don't forget... The Chiefs were down in that game and had to throw late. But I think that I I like that a lot, the 78-and-a-half-yards rushing for the Chiefs. Yeah, I think that's an interesting one. One that I played last year that, ironically enough, I lost because Travis Kelsey inexplicably got a rushing attempt was I played Chiefs to have a rushing attempt under four-and-a-half. And And it was Kelsey, of course, who had the fifth one, and that was the one that caused me to lose that bet. But that's, this is one this year where if that prop gets offered again and the line is four and a half again, I'll probably look over four and a half this time because, as you said, Hill's probably going to get a carry. Hardman might get a carry. We know Mahomes is going to have to scramble at some point. And then Edward Lair and Williams. I don't think Le'Veon Bell is a factor at all whatsoever in this game. But this year, there are six guys conceivably that could end up getting a carry here for the, the Chiefs in this game. So, That's what I'm looking at. I'm kind of waiting for the U.S. market to post it. It is one that I think you can probably find offshore, but that's one that I kind of have my my eye on here if it winds up popping up. I'll go ahead and give you one that I do have, though, that has been posted out there. Both teams to score three or more touchdowns is plus 125 at BetMGM. Now, you got a high total in this game of 56. 
I've seen differing opinions on how this game will play out. I've seen some people say, you know, well, this is a very high total for a Super Bowl. I'm looking under. I've seen some people say, look, Tampa Bay is going to be more aggressive on defense. If it doesn't work, this thing probably becomes a shootout. So they like the over. To me, I think this is kind of in one way an alternate way to bet the total at a plus money price if you think it's a higher scoring game. But Tampa Bay was held under three touchdowns only three times this year in their 19 games. The first New Orleans game, that Bears game on Thursday night football, then the Giants Monday night football game where they wound up settling for a lot of field goals in that one. Chiefs held under three touchdowns four times, one of them the division round game against the Browns where Patrick Mahomes got hurt. One of them, Denver, on Sunday Night Football in Week 13. They kicked four red zone field goals in that game. Then the Falcons game in Week 16, the Chargers game in Week 2. So I think here, you know, you've got a lot of dynamic skill players. You've got two dynamic quarterbacks. You've got, you know, just two very efficient offensive teams that score on almost 48% of their possessions. I like both teams to score three or more touchdowns. Yes, is plus 125 over at BetMGM. Well, and along those lines, there's a prop, and you actually get a plus a dime on this. It would be the number of bucks to score, and that would include the kicker suck-up, over three and a half. They're projected to get 26 and a half points. So, you know, you get a touchdown, you get the kicker, and it includes two-point conversions as well. So, you know, if if they're projected to get 26 and a half points, you're looking at three touchdowns, I, I would... If you think the Bucks are going to produce points in this game, that looked like a good one to me over three and a half. Yeah, and the other thing is, don't forget when you get to the one yard line, there's no better, no one ever better in the history of football with a quarterback sneak than Brady. That's an excellent point. Is is that your second one then that you're looking at here? I would say those those, but the the one I'm going the biggest on. I'm just all about uh, Danny Sorensen. Uh, last year. I, I cashed on him in the Super Bowl. Uh, his tackles this year, I think it got bumped up one full number uh, one full number this year. It's over six and a half solo and assisted tackles for Danny Sorensen. And, you know, you, you look at this guy in their like, last batch of games of the regular season. He had seven against Atlanta, uh, six against New Orleans, eight against Denver, and in the game against the Bucks, I mean, the number's right on. He had seven. But last year, I believe, he, in the Super Bowl, he might have had ten. But And I, I just think, you know, it's one of those things. Last year, he was covering Kittle. This year, he'll get Gronkowski. Gronkowski slated for three catches. Other than a touchdown, Gronkowski gets a catch. Probably Sorensen makes the tackle. But he's really good in run support. And I got to be honest with you, I mean, it's it's a flyer. I mean, you know, hence the number. But I was really happy because at one joint, he wasn't listed. He was part of the field. But I actually got uh, Danny Sorensen. If it's a goofball defensive game, you know, this this guy's a ball hawk. Every, the, the honey badger gets all the publicity. But if this guy gets a pick six, uh, you know, if he if a blitz and he, you know, he gets a sack and a forced fumble, something goofy. The first year it was offered in, in Vegas, the odds for the – MVP. I had Vaughn Miller at 25 to one. I got, I t- I did it. I, I took, no, I mean, I didn't go nuts. Just put a few bucks on it, but Danny Sorensen, 175 to one to be the MVP of the game. 
Yeah, as I look out here around the U.S. market, I'm seeing five and a half on the Sorensen line, but it's very heavily juiced. Minus 150, 159 on the over, uh, minus 167 on the over, something like that. So you, know, you are laying a, a pretty hefty juice price here, but five and a half definitely looks like a pretty reasonable number here for him to go over. I think last year he actually had six. I think he got very close uh, you know, late in the game there and then wound up getting a couple of tackles late in the action. But you know, he went over it, and I know that was one that we did talk about last year on the show and, and one that did cash for us. So we'll see if that one cashes here again for this season. Last one for me on today's show, and again, I will be doing a couple of these every day. So you're going to wind up with pretty much 10 props from me, uh, at least on the show, let alone what I do over in written form over at ATS.io. I found no missed field goal at minus 143 at DraftKings. Harrison Butker is an outstanding kicker. He's only missed 13 times in his career in the regular season. I did miss a field goal in that game against the Browns, but he's 29 of 32, including the playoffs this year. And Ryan Suckup, perfect four for four here in the playoffs so far, 32 for 35. These are two very reliable kickers. I also don't know if there will be a lot of field goal attempts in this game. I think if this becomes a shootout, as some people expect, Reed and Arians are going to have to be a little bit more uh, aggressive on fourth down. So maybe you don't see teams settling for those field goals or something like that. But I got no missed field goal here, minus 143. Two very accurate kickers, two teams that should move the football, will move the football on third down. Probably not going to see a whole lot of, you know, 40-plus field goal attempts in this game. So I like that one as well here. No missed field goal, minus 143. You know, and. The crazy thing is, it might be worth a flyer, uh, and I don't have it at my fingertips. I know I had seen it. There, there are 400 of them. But I would imagine it's probably a, it'd be a juicy plus price. But Butker, specifically, to miss an extra point. You mentioned he's unbelievable. I mean, he just steps up, and, you know, he hammers 50-yarders home in his sleep. But this guy missed a boatload of extra points this year. And you know, a, a in the Super Bowl, it always seems like there's a missed extra point or something goofy. All the people that play the squares knows this, that it ends up on the goofball number. But don't think it's not going to be in his head when he's standing over it that uh, Jim Nance and Romo are going to say, well, this has been one of his bugaboos this year. I mean, I have no worries about him making his field goals, but I, I think the extra points are in the guy's head a little bit. And with the pressure of the Super Bowl, I, I can actually see him missing an extra point here. And it, I mean, I'm not, you know, <laughs> you're only going to get a couple of chances at it, or three, three or four chances at it into the game. But it wouldn't shock me if he missed an extra point. I know I've seen it out there somewhere. I don't know if it was in the global market or if I've seen it at one of the, uh, at one of the U.S. sports books. But I know I've seen, will there be a missed extra point? And I think I've also seen it whittled down to, you know, will there be a missed extra point from, you know, either of the two teams. So, and it's got to be like plus four to one, you know, or I mean, you, you get, I think you get four to one on that. I'm, I'm going to see if I can find it here. I, I know that you've got Butker over under eight and a half points in the kicking game, suck up over under seven and a half. So if those are something that you may want to take a look at, uh, those are possibilities as well. But yeah, I mean, it's tough. There, there's just so many props to try and navigate for this thing. So many things to try and feel you can find an edge on, it, it takes you a long time to find these props. But the last thing I will mention here, and, you know, you talked about you do the show over at the Superbook, but obviously, as we know, Circa's got props, stations, 
William Hill, you know, all the different operators that are out there. Obviously, all of these U.S.-based operators, PointsBet, MGM, FanDuel, DraftKings, so on and so forth. For those that aren't in a state with legal betting and you do have to go the offshore route, you know, obviously there's a ton of places out there. But, you know, it, it stands to reason. And I talked about it with Sorensen and some of the juice on his over. You've got to shop around for the best lines. You know, the lowest yardage totals if you want to bet an over. The highest yardage totals if you want to bet an under. You've got to shop around for not only the best line, but also the best odds, the best VIG on all of these props. It's critically important. There's no doubt. And to your point, there are 400 of them. I've got the PDF open, and I I found it. You go scurrying through to get to the category. Butker, this is at the Superbook, Butker to miss at least one extra point, nose minus $6. If he misses an extra point, it's plus 450. So again, you know, I mean, uh, there are a lot of different ways to attack this. And, and like I even talked about, you know, in terms of will both teams score three or more touchdowns, I think there's a very realistic possibility that that happens. And the cool thing is you can have a 24-21, a 28-24 kind of game that goes under the total and that cashes anyway. So, you know, for people that are interested in betting the over, there may be an alternative way to do that, you know, with something that's plus money, a better price, something like that. So a lot of different ways to attack the Super Bowl here, to say the well, least. And the one thing about this, very quickly, Adam, is that all these props are correlated to one another. And I've, I've told the story before, but Kenny White and I, when we were over at um, Las Vegas Sports Consultants, and was like the company that made the opening number, we went to Super Bowls, uh, Radio Row, and they loved all the Vegas stuff. And the one year we made a box score up. So, hey, this is a good idea. Let's make the final box score of the game before the game's played. And it's all based on the props. And, okay, great idea. It took us two and a half days while we were there. And we got it done, and it was remarkable. It was really cool. Everything. But the minute you thought you were done, nope, Randy Moss's touchdown catch has to be 22 yards because his longest catch was 20 and a half yards. It just it never ended. But they're all correlated. So back to the point we said about the Chiefs and playing them over the rushing yards. Because I rattled off the guys that could conceivably run the ball. Uh, say Edwards, Hilaire, and Williams are locks. Mahomes is pretty much a lock to run. And that Hill always gets one or two. But now Hardman is in the equation. You even mentioned, I've seen them go wildcat with Kelsey inside the three-yard line where he, he – he threw it a couple of times. I could even see him running it out of the wildcat. But to see that it's correlated, the Superbook's got a prop. Total number of different Chiefs to have a rushing attempt is over under four and a half. And it's minus a dime either way. So they're basically telling you four is a gut cinch. And it basically comes down to does Hardman uh, Hardman get a carry? possibly bell but 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 it's not shaded one way or the other so they're basically telling you that that five is is the realistic number like i said that's when i lost last year where i played under four and a half that was at the time i mean they really only had damian williams i mean that was really the only running back that was getting any any attention any touches for them so i thought under four and a half was a good look and then they give the ball to kelsey it was like i don't know a second eight player some stupid shit and it wound up costing me the bet but this year, if I had a chance to run it back, I'm playing the over because now they've got two backs in Williams and Edwards-Hilaire that, it's go- that are going to get carries. 
Maybe Bell gets one, maybe he doesn't. But yeah, you've got Hill and Hardman. And also too, uh, this will be the last point we make on the Super Bowl here so we can move on, is that, like I said, I want to get in the minds of these coordinators. And the strength of this Tampa Bay defense is the defensive line. They get good pressure with the front four. They get a good push. They stop the run really well. So if I'm Eric Bieniemy and I want to run the football, I want to make that defensive line go sideline to sideline. I want to stretch out that front seven and make them cover a lot of ground. How do you do that? Jet sweeps. You do that with Hill. You do that with Hardman. Maybe Sammy Watkins even finds a way to get a carry. Something like that. So to me, I don't expect Bieniemy to run it right between the tackles all that often. I think it's going to be stuff that kind of stretches the field a little bit, which brings a lot of those jet sweep concepts into play. Maybe some kind of zone read or option look or something like that to where I think there are more guys that can get their hands on the football in the running game this time. So I'm glad that Superbook's got it. I hope that, you know, somebody else that's available to me uh, does end up having it as well. Well, in the last point then, but in the game they played this year, which was 27-24, it was two different games. There was the first half and there was the second half. And Mahomes had 456 yards passing in the game. And the Chiefs only had 87 yards rushing in the game. I I think they're going to want a lot more balance uh, in this game. But, I mean, that's craziness. He had 456 yards passing. So if the Bucs are looking at the film of that game, what do we do to not fall in this cavernous hole again where Mahomes shredded us? And that's probably play a little more cover, too. Um, and and that, But the one thing, the Bills didn't do it. I would like to think that the Bucs are smart enough to do it is very early on is run – rush this guy and hit him and put him on the seat of his pants. And, you know, there's no tomorrow. It's the Super Bowl. But Mahomes didn't even need to run the ball against the Bills. They comfortably, you know, they were ahead. But I, I, I think they've got to pressure Mahomes here in this game. They, they can't let him do what he did to them in the first half. It, I mean, the scores, you, you just wake up, you're, oh, 27-24, oh, great game. But the Chiefs were up in that game, 17-0. And they were up 20 to seven at the half because Mahomes destroyed them. Yeah, they're up 27 10 in the second half of that game, too. And then Tampa Bay scored 14 straight. And that's one big thing about that first game is that the Buccaneers blitzed a lot less than they did for the season and in most of their games. So maybe that is the adjustment to play a little bit more aggressively here in Super Bowl 55. Big NHL card here tonight, Brian. Things happening. Buffalo and the Islanders postponed because of COVID protocols not because of positive tests, but simply because Buffalo had to alter their travel plans with that big winter storm up in the Northeast. So they weren't able to do the, you know, their due diligence with contact tracing and, and all these other things. Uh, New Jersey with major COVID issues, your Vegas Golden Knights with COVID issues as well. Uh, the NHL's, you know, kind of trying to get this thing going and kind of keep it together, but not that's good. obviously being pretty tough. It's not good. And I don't know. I mean, You know, I've seen enough Oliver Stone movies. Yeah, the storm might be a convenient thing for them, but it it might be a preemptive strike And because I went nuts on the NHL last week, and thankfully nothing happened with the Blues. But Vegas' coaching staff, the afternoon of the game, they sequestered the coaches. Well, you're telling me they weren't around the players, and then they played a game with the Blues. Then Petrangelo, who's a former Blue, tested positive. And they postponed the game. And then you're just sitting there waiting for St. Louis to get it. Thankfully, nothing happened. But the snow might be a convenient excuse here. 
I mean, it might be the smart, prudent thing to do. If 10 Devils, 10 Devils got this thing and they just played two games against the Sabres in Buffalo, who do you have the microscope on? I mean, you got to be watching the Sabres like a hawk now. So why? They're better. Okay, yeah, let's use the storm as an excuse. Keep them in Buffalo. They can make those games up with the Islanders. But if this Devils thing is really the core of an outbreak, keep Buffalo where they are and keep them the hell away from the Islanders. I I think, uh, you know, I think they're putting lipstick on a pig here. I think the storm's a convenient excuse. And if they had just come out and said, well, the Sabres played the Devils, probably the best thing to do is just make sure, let's see how the Sabres end up. That would have been fine too. But if they say that, then this, the, the season's on the train tracks ready to come off. Yeah, I think there are a lot of questions here. And of course, you know, as we talked about the NHL condensing the schedule quite a bit, trying to accommodate NBC and the Olympics. Now the Olympics virtually canceled, you know, in in Tokyo. It seems like they're not going to be able to do that. At least that was the talk, you know, over the last couple of weeks here. So now, you know, you've got, you continue to add teams that keep having to condense their schedules. You have to move games around. I mean, look, you've got teams here in the Central Division. Three teams have played 10 games. One team has played nine, three teams have only played six. And that was the division that was really hit hard early on, you know, with, um, with Carolina and then, you know, uh, Dallas was a big one. You know, Dallas was a team that had to start what two weeks late, pretty much two and a half weeks late, but now you're going to start seeing this leak over into other divisions too, where now the devils are impacted. They're in the East Uh, Vegas, of course, out West. So, you know, San Jose, I mean, they haven't even played a home game yet, and God knows when they will. You know, th- this whole thing, it- it's a very tenuous situation at best where they're trying to thread the needle. And from a betting standpoint, to bring it back to that, I mean, yeah, we've got games every night. We still have these back-to-backs and teams playing three or four in a row against each other and, and so on and so forth. But the back of this schedule, I mean, some of these teams are just going to be in awful rest spots, to say the least. But when the St. Louis game got canceled last week, Instead of it being a lost day, Baruby had them go to T-Mobile Arena, and they practiced. They got a full-fledged practice in. You're going to be able to count on one hand the rest of this year, teams having the chance to practice because of the condensed schedule. So they went to Anaheim and stepped on their neck for two games. So they actually got some good work in and a practice, and it reaped rewards. There are longstanding angles we always talk about, Adam. You want to get off to a good start on a road trip? That That's Arizona. Check that box. First game home from a long road trip, St. Louis. You fade the home team. Check that box. Arizona had three days off. Got to practice in. Check that box. Arizona's plus $1.50 tonight. The Blues could win by five goals, but I'm playing Arizona all day long because there's three angles combined in one that makes sense. No, that does make a lot of sense. And uh, it seems like the internet issues that we had for yesterday's show kind of popping up a little bit on today's program as well. So I apologize if uh, if any of our listeners missed any of that. I missed it on my end. Uh, but I did hear Brian talking about breaking down that Arizona and St. Louis game. Another game tonight that's kind of interesting to me is Vancouver and Montreal. I mean, last night was a third straight game where Montreal just punked Vancouver. I mean, just took them to the woodshed again. And tonight's line really hasn't moved that much from where yesterday's was. And I understand that, you know, you don't want to overreact to one game, to one data point, but as these teams wind up playing each other a lot, you know, playing at least eight games against each other and the North division, sometimes nine with this realigned schedule, 
I mean, maybe one team is just that much better than another or just matches up that much better. Well, yes, yes. But there is an element of, you know, pride and getting embarrassed, but maybe there's only so much you can do. Ottawa certainly fits that bill now. They're just getting mauled by everybody. But, you know, the one thing that's a constant in these games that you're looking at, uh, Montreal at Vancouver, 165-173, 152, and then 162. All four of those games flew over the total. Uh, You know, uh, clearly the goalies are the great equalizer, but these games, they just don't do anything other than go up and down the ice. Um, You know, maybe maybe Vancouver shows up with some professional pride, but the one thing you know is going to happen, there's going to be a truckload of chances. I think over six and a half might be the, uh, the safer play. Yeah, it definitely makes some sense. One last thing I want to ask you about with the NHL, and then we'll go to the golf side of things. We talked about it last week. We've talked about it really three weeks in a row now. Home teams doing very, very well in the NHL. $100 betters, according to Killersports.com, a 16.9% return on investment here so far. Home teams, 61.2% straight up. It was, I believe, 63% last week and like 72% the week prior. So, this is gradually coming back down to earth, but so far to this point, Brian, home teams have been at a pretty big advantage. Yeah, there's no doubt. I think there's a learning curve of whatever, say we're, what, 10 games into this thing now. All the protocols and and the, the change of routine and itinerary for these guys that they've always been accustomed to, this are, these are not bubbles anymore. They're traveling, but they're going to the rink in the room, the rink in the room, and don't go to anybody else's room. So, guys, there's a learning curve of knowing how to deal with a pregame routine. It will come back to earth. But some of the things we talked about, Adam, I think teams are maybe more dangerous getting a a series started, the road teams. And if it's a longest trip, if it's anything over than four games, by the fifth or sixth game, these teams are going to be just going stir crazy and mentally are going to check out. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. Something to keep an eye on, you know, as teams get deeper into road trips, you know, teams shoot for 500 on the road. If they've already achieved that, that final road game could be something of a punt spot in some of these situations. So something to keep an eye on. I think situational handicapping in the NHL, always a good thing, uh, but especially seems to be working out pretty well here for this season. Lastly, we talk golf and we go to a couple of warmer places here. The Saudi International is this week's European Tour event. A par 70 course, just over 7,000 yards over in King Abdullah Economic City in Saudi Arabia. Dustin Johnson, the plus 550 favorite, third year of this tournament. DJ won it in 2019 and was runner-up last year to Graham McDowell in 2020. But you've got DJ over there, Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Reed, who of course won last week amidst controversy at the Farmers Insurance Open. Ty Hatton, Tony Finau, Victor Hovland. Tommy Fleetwood, even guys like Paul Casey, Sergio Garcia over there, Justin Rose playing in this event. This is one hell of a field over in Saudi Arabia. No, no, the PGA players, world-class players are jumping in here, diving in, and they can certainly make a lot of noise. You, you do have to, although they travel a lot different than you and I would travel, but you got to take travel into account. Hovland's there. Hovland's, you know, playing great golf. Now, he played this past week and hopped on the plane. My best guess would be Johnson, DeChambeau uh, are over there, had been over there maybe earlier. 
getting a little work in over there, whereas, you know, Reed and Hovland played in Finau. They played at Torrey Pines and then had to travel over, so that's ridiculous travel heading into a tournament for those guys. Casey's 25-1. to He looked great last week. Uh, just trying to see. Kokrak is a bomber. He's he's over there. Maybe a little bit interesting. I'd kind of look at a couple of the guys, you know, stud European guys that, and Cabrera Bell plays on the PGA Tour, but guys that have been over there, they've been in Dubai for three weeks. I mean, I, I, I'd i look at a guy like uh, Rafa Cabrera Bello at 65 to one, maybe even a Lee Westwood around 60 to one. Guys that have been settled in. And the other guy, I had him last week. He was right there and imploded. But I, I'll kick myself if he does anything this week because he just always plays great in Dubai's Martin Keimer at 60 to 1. So, yeah, the, the, the Americans and the PGA guys are going over there. I'd be looking at somebody who's been settled in there and take travel out of the equation. And it did look like in Dubai, it was a tough day for scoring in, in the fourth round there. Paul Casey wins that tournament by four shots. Shoots two under, not a lot of really low scores over there. Uh, Holgard with a minus five in the final round. Maybe that's a guy that you take a look at here uh, this week. He Rasmus Hogard is 70 to one over at DraftKings. So maybe a decent look there coming off of a, a momentous final round there for him. What about the, over at TPC Scottsdale here? One of my favorite tournaments of the year, the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Only up to 5,000 spectators per day allowed. So this will be dramatically different than the tournament that we usually see Arizona state guy, John Rahm, the favorite plus six twenty five. Justin Thomas third in back-to-back years here in this event, plus seven seventy five. the days of getting Xander Shoffley at 15 or 18 to one are over. He's plus eight fifty. Rory plus 11 50 playing in this tournament for the first time in his career. Simpson burger, Matsuyama, a bunch of really quality players at the top of the board here at TPC Scottsdale. Yeah, I you know I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Take a look at Xander Shoffley for the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. He went to San Diego State, had a solid weekend. And to me, a lot of that was guys getting work in for the U.S. Open and, and for just a PGA Tour event. It, that rough was so nasty at Torrey Pines. Just imagine what it's going to be for the U.S. Open for this week. You know, every time he tees it up, Justin Thompson, Justin Thomas has played well here. John Rahm went to ASU. He's in great form. McElroy had a pretty good weekend flying in from Dubai at Torrey Pine. So the chalks are dangerous. Simpson's the defending champ. I mean, there's there's a lot of chalk out there. You know, I think Rahm's going to be really salty this week. But clearly, there are other guys. Uh, I mean, I um, to me, again, the way to play it is maybe on a Friday night. You know, if Rahm's five back, you might get sixteen to one on Rahm instead of. You know, uh, six to one. Yeah, that might be the way to, if you're going to saddle up with a chalk, is wait till Friday night and get a guy that's three or four back and get the overlay. There are a few guys I like here this week. I like Berger, but 17 to one among the short prices is tough. I mean, that's a guy we can usually get 25, 30 to one in a stronger field, but I think his game sets up really, really well here. Will Zalatoris is a guy that I think we might have to start betting on a fairly regular basis. 14 top 10s since the start of 2020 across the different events that he's played. He's 50 to one. And this is one of those guys, much like Shoffley, where when he wins a tournament, he's 15, 18, 20 to one for basically, you know, the rest of that two or three year run 
unless he completely falls off the face of the earth. So 50 to one here, I think he's worth a shot this week. One other guy, a little bit more of a long shot here, 85 to one. Benny on plays really well here. Four starts, four top 25 finishes, couple of top tens. He was a top 10 guy at the American express two weeks ago. Didn't play well at Torrey Pines last week, but he's not a super long hitter. The South course is just a bad fit for him. I think Benny on at 85 to one, you know, 14 to one for a top 10, I think eight to one for a top 20, something like that. That's not a bad look for a guy like him. And finally, for me, I'd say Tony Finau every week, he's in it, he's in it, he's in it, he doesn't know how to win. Another guy who's on the leaderboard virtually every week, first page of the leaderboard, uh, the price is right, is Ryan Palmer at 45 to 1. Yeah, he just, he can't get one. And, you know, we'll see if this winds up being the weekend for him. Love the waste management, man, and maybe we'll find some time to talk about it when I'm with you later today on Sportsbook Radio. Yep, yeah, uh, 2 to 4 Eastern, Sirius Channel 204, all the shows we got uh, on uh, my Twitter account, at Brian Blessing, as we're racing towards this football game, bud, but a lot of cool stuff still to come. Man, make sure you follow Brian on Twitter, at Brian Blessing, and check out his prop videos over on our ATS YouTube page. Brian, always a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it, and we'll talk to you again next week. All right, Adam, we'll talk to you later in the morning. Have a great week. There you go. There's Brian Blessing again, the host of Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Hotline, Sirius XM 204 and uh, KSHP.com for Vegas Hockey Hotline at Brian Blessing on Twitter. Make sure you check out, as I said, those YouTube videos over on our ATS YouTube page. So tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, is our 1500th broadcast of Bang the Book Radio slash ATS Radio. So a pretty landmark event for us. We've had over 8 million listeners of the show Lifetime. So 1,500 comes your way tomorrow. I'll be joined by Kiev O'Neill from the Odds Breakers. We'll talk about the Super Bowl, and we'll talk some college basketball on tomorrow's show. And then, of course, Thursday, we'll chat with Brad Powers from bradpowersports.com. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And I will talk to you again tomorrow.